This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Angrez apna lagan aur news laundry apna hafta kabhi nahi chhodte. Welcome to another episode of News Laundry Hafta. We are at episode 299. We record right now on Thursday, the 22nd of October at 12 noon. Uh, that is the recording time. Today on the panel, uh, before I have many other announcements to make, I shall make them through the episode. Uh, we have in the office, Raman Kripal. Hi, Raman. Hi. Mehraj, who's back from his holiday to uh, Kashmir. Our audience really missed you, by the way. So we got a lot of... mail saying where's mehraj so mehraj is back so now you can question him and send your mails next time and manisha pande who Hello. never goes anywhere as she was saying yes and joining us on the phone line is rohini mohan from bangalore welcome rohini uh, just introduce you to our audience those of you who may not know who you are though i think most will because we have a very informed audience you shall be pleased to know Rohini is an independent journalist. She reports mostly on politics, environment, and human rights in South Asia. For over 16 years, she's written for Time magazine, Harper's, Al Jazeera, The New York Times, The Economic Times, The Helka, The Caravan, The Hindu Outlook, The Wire. Basically, everyone except News Laundry. Uh, Rohini. Yes. <laughs> Ro- so Raman sir, we have to get her to do a piece yeah, for yeah. us as well. I I I hope we can afford her because <laughs> we believe good good work must be rewarded. Yes. Uh, Rohini has won the Chameli Devi Jain Award. In fact, this year it's for your last year's work. Congratulations! Right, it was announced this year. Yes, thank and, you. And this was for a specific report you did, or for your general body of work? A general body of work, but I think what got it noticed was the my work on the citizenship issue, foreigners to be Muslim Assam. I see. And you have published two books based on journalistic work. Your first book has won an award, The Seasons of Trouble, twenty fourteen. It is uh, three people caught up in the aftermath of the ethnic conflict in Sri Lanka. I see. So, Rohini, are you? Uh, so, you're based out of Bangalore, like for the longest time. Uh, I think no, since two thousand fourteen. But uh, yeah, and I'm from here. But I'm a Tamil speaker, and I'm oh, so that all, is... I'm all kinds of South Indian actually. I see. I, I'm I'm the fakest kind you'll get. <laughs> I, I I'm a, a half Tamil who embarrasses Tamilians. Very little embarrasses Tamilians. <laughs> so. Okay, no, I I in fact have got uh, a lot of emails in the past. Uh, admonishing me that you know your your mother is uh, full tamil from tirunelveli and yet you mispronounce tamil nadu you say tamil nadu and it's nad then someone says it's not nad it's nadu and i get uh, i get shamed a lot for being an improper tamil but <laughs> but tell me uh, so what is the second book about the second book is actually a children's book uh, it's set in kashmir about a, a toddler learning about the curfew during uh, you know one of the many curfews in kashmir And uh, why did you pick pick this subject, the uh, the nonfiction account on uh, the ethnic conflict in Sri Lanka? Had you reported from there, or were you just interested because of your Tamil roots, or what? What? No, actually, it was uh, com- I was completely blank about my Tamil roots in Sri Lanka or anything at that time. Uh, but yeah, it was two thousand nine when I felt like I should do something in depth, and that was when the war ended and. Yeah, I heard so much about it. I did some reporting there, and then you know, feeling like you can get anywhere with the language once you go and meet people there, and then you know, you absolutely know nothing, and then that just kind of kept me going back. Um, and it felt like it was the end of uh, many decades of something uh, around, especially two thousand thirteen, fourteen. I felt like it was what what I was seeing was the end of what we were beginning in India. So the end of what we were beginning in India. 
as in yeah all that kind of the roots putting the roots of the conflict putting the roots of polarization uh, in 2000 so you see some similarities of what happened there and what is happening here yeah uh, where people can't even talk to each other anymore we take joy and pride in hating on each other uh, at the same time a few groups of civil society working really really hard to hold on to some of the good things of the country uh, and yeah so a lot of it is very very similar and i think some parts of our country face it still and have faced it for years uh, so now the rest of us are catching up interesting maybe we if we can squeeze in a little bit about this discussion so guys do check out her book the seasons of trouble i remember uh, i used to make travel shows and shortly after prabhakaran's uh, death um, we were went to shoot a travel show about says four episodes out of th- uh, of sri lanka which is a completely mm. sri lankan government kind of chaperoned event and uh, there were few villages that we and it was we, we went across sri lanka by road uh, and there were few villages where i saw the prabhakaran as a demon so mm. there were like these posters with him as a rakshas and uh, mm. these multicolored and these are newspapers so I, that was interesting yeah And in fact there's been this controversy recently on uh, Murli Murli Tharan what's his name the spinner Murli Tharan yeah. right and and this uh, prominent Tamil actor has basically backed out from acting in that film because Murli in 2009 had said that this is the best year of my life because that's when the conflict came to an end and he was accused of not speaking up for the bullying that uh, you know the tamil people actually faced at the hands of the sinhalese so yeah. he, he also said something later on about um when uh, foreign leaders came to sri lanka uh, he had said and they met people mothers of the disappeared people there in jaffna uh, he had said something that kind of seemed to many people to be whitewashing uh, the the a lot of the massacre and a lot of the human rights violations that happened there saying that you know it's showing sri lanka in a bad light but i actually feel like uh, you know i've been thinking about this a lot because i also love the actor quite a lot the one who was going to play murli dharan um and the idea of most of the protests coming from tamil nationalists in india uh, and for the longest time uh, and murli dharan is actually indian origins uh, tamil although sri lankan uh, he is what they call the up country or plantation tamil uh people who went who went from india to sri lanka so, i see he has roots here he's also married i think to an indian uh family that owns hospitals in in tamil nadu but yeah so it feels like uh, it's tamil nationalists who really have not had faced the consequences of the civil war which he has who are having a say in all of this is the tamil elam cause still uh, a politically sensitive or it's an issue at all right now in tamil nadu anymore I feel like it's uh, always been uh, something of a of an emotional issue, uh, and in I mean, eight, in the eighties and nineties, there were uh, actual there was, and even before that, there was actually help that the Tamil Nadu government, in some ways, they were involved even. So, but I think some of those roots still remain. There's, it's a very emotive issue, but I don't think it is politically relevant, and a lot of times it is just posturing. Uh, you know, when Karunanidhi went on a fast for half a day. during the you know end of the war or uh, which meant between breakfast and lunch uh, you know he thought <laughs> so snacks nahi khaye matlab us day yeah snacks nahi khaye uh, i guess he was an old man so maybe <laughs> i don't know um, yeah so it's it's always been and there are some leaders who continue to speak up about it who are uh, not very strong or be, uh, popular or not even winning many elections in uh, tamil nadu Uh, but this tamil nationalism is um, as i you were talking about earlier it's like 
it's an emotional issue and it's also something that the, the cause is relevant socially but politically it's always been some sort of it's just to bring some sort of unity and crowds uh, rallying for something but during the end of the war when people were actually suffering it hasn't uh, they didn't really help and um, you know there's a lot of people who are refugees from sri lanka who live in tamil nadu and because of the culture they're able to blend in and live easily but it's not an easy life at all for them there um, they live in camps uh, cops are che- cops are checking them all the time uh, so in practical terms uh, it has meant very little hmm um in fact maybe later in the hafta you can tell us whether it will have any nrc will have any impact on them but uh, mm. before that let's just get the headlines from manisha manisha if you could give me one second before because headlines i want request everybody once again to contribute to independent media as you know we are a completely ad free platform pay to keep news free because when the public pays the public is served when advertisers pay advertisers are served and that has become a huge issue these days as you can see with you know all these ad wars happening and those of you who participated in our hafta survey we sent out a survey to many of our subscribers uh thank you for your feedback we will be conducting another survey soon many of you have said that too much time is spent on hafta letters uh, some brutal feedback for us which i read yes uh so we will which look at good. that the preparation <laughs> um so we will be acting on many of these but just to let you know i personally like to keep a lot of emails from you subscribers because that just keeps you real uh, so while i understand that because the number of letters is becoming so many and we don't want to leave too many out i may be spending too much time on letters but i will still like to spend some time on letters maybe not as much as we've been spending hmm. so on that note let's have the headlines manisha yes a horrific case was reported from paris in france where a teacher was beheaded after showing cartoons of mohammed the teacher was apparently taking a class on freedom of expression and he'd shown some cartoons uh, by charlie hebdo and that created some outrage and on friday there was an attack uh, he was beheaded outside his school the assailant was shot dead by the police and president emmanuel macron has called this an islamist terrorist attack ljp bjp and rjd released their manifesto ahead of the bihar elections in fact just this morning nirmala sitaraman while announcing the poll promises said that covid-19 vaccines will be available for production at mass scale and every person in bihar will get free ma- vaccination so that's one of the <laughs> poll promises and what about elsewhere oh well just jahan jahan elections are available and anyway kashmir to all elections have been suspended <laughs> you have district council now yeah. so you can forget about it doctor who contradicted up police version on hathras rape case has now been sacked by amu that's dr azim malik Mumbai court has acquitted 20 foreign tablighi jamaat members they said that prosecution had no evidence i think it's a good time to revisit some of the pieces we did on the sort of stuff that the media was saying about tablighi back then mm. cbi registers fir after up government hands over probe and trp manipulation case maharashtra withdrew consent and said no need cbi can't just randomly come into our state and begin a probe as per new study antibodies fade quickly in recovering covid-19 patients um which means that antibody test will have to be done with i guess some sort of caveats right yeah and besides even Can't now really. it's i mean the antibody test is just a curiosity hmm. satisfier it doesn't really mean anything okay it's anyway a very fluid situation like until a few months ago they were saying that antibodies or in your body up till 3 yeah. months after the infection yeah, so saying, no. mm. half of indians likely to have had coronavirus by next february says government panel brazil confirms death of volunteer in covid-19 vaccine trial well uh, on the covid there's a lot of new stuff emerging one is so 
in fact today and thursday as we recording this in the morning bulletin on bbc there were many new covid related this things one is the astrazeneca vaccine in brazil one guy has died uh, and it is not clear but i mean i don't know whether these guys have leaked the news but the speculation is that he was not the recipient of the vaccine but of the placebo so it was a pre-existing condition and since the vaccine trials haven't been stopped the assumption is that it wasn't the vaccine that he was administered however many reporters are asking astrazeneca to come clean with all their data the second new development is that it was supposed to be 15 minutes at a stretch exposure to covid um, infected person is what makes it likely to infect you less than that is very less chance of infecting you now they say that the 15 minute doesn't have to be continuous it can be like over half an hour 45 minutes you know just few minutes totaling up to 15 can also infect you they have got a few cases like that uh, and also this whole thing of long covid and short covid which means that uh, there's one kind of covid that in one in 20 people suffer for like 8 weeks one in 40 suffer for like i think 12 weeks and most people recover within 11 to 14 days long covid the women are afflicted a lot more than men but regular covid and uh, they're still trying to figure out what the reasons are so every day something new is happening it's it's just so hard Meanwhile, Ames in India has reported the first case of COVID-19 related brain nerve damage in a child, 11-year-old girl. And they finally also said that they may be community transmission in India, like maybe. Hmm. They still haven't said it out. I right. mean, if by February all of us are going to get it, we may as well be hmm. okay with community transmission. Bad air is back in Delhi. I don't know if you guys noticed, but my eyes were itching today. And apparently air pollution contributed to more than 1,16,000 infant deaths in India. And I don't know what's going to happen, but it's already begun in Delhi. That's a real tragedy. I mean, those are preventable deaths, what mm. you call Absolutely. them. Absolutely. And imagine the havoc with bad air and COVID. Kamal Hassan to be MNM Alliance's CM face for 2021 elections as party. That's Makkal Nidhi Mayam. Did I pronounce it correctly, Rohini? Well done, well done. Farooq Abdullah, Mehbooba Mufti, and JNK Parties Alliances for Article 370. Mehraj could maybe tell us a bit about that later. Hmm. Farooq Abdullah again appears before ED for questioning in the JNK Cricket Association scam. In fact, he's been questioned twice in the last four days, right? Yes. Is, this is a very old. I was in DNA, and uh, I had uh, if the car had done this story for us. It's an old story. He used ah, to be the head of the Gilani was the first one state to cricket it, association. Yeah. Yes, he's just like CBI used to get activated for the SP and the BSP before every election. It's yes, similar. This hmm. is a reaction to what she was talking about—the Gupkar declaration, right? RJ leader Tejasvi Yadav was attacked with slippers during campaign rally and someone threw a slipper at him and uh, meanwhile at Nitish's rally someone chanted Lalu Zindabad slogan and he got really angry Hyderabad battered with floods and rain 70 people dead we discussed that at length last week yeah. Punjab CM captain Amrinder moves resolution against centers farm laws we can discuss in little bit detail Calcutta High Court partially raises order declaring Durga Puja pandals are no entry zones. Yeah, in fact, now they're saying 15 people will be allowed into smaller the pandals and 60 persons in large pandals. But I really don't understand how. Oh no, they don't call them pandals in Calcutta. They call them pandals. Um, Only in South Calcutta, maybe no. Rajshree calls it pandals. No, no, it's actually called pandal. It's really? not like an. It's not an accented pandal. The word is pandal. Really? Yeah, even I can't understand it. Indian Army releases Chinese soldier who strayed across the border in Ladakh. Crazy scenes coming in from Nigeria as several protesters were killed by security forces in Lagos on Tuesday, and there's some really crazy videos with them protesters singing national anthem and being shot at. Uh, the protests are against a special anti-robbery squad, which is like a elite unit dedicated to fighting crime. But it's as all these units turn out, 
they're just a money making terror squad and no accountability and almost like extortion. a extortionist like, like salva judum sort like of like up police <laughs> Kind also of. what's happening in uh, now the <laughs> except up police is not even an elite force it's just a the force. philippines president what's his name rodrigo dutri yeah, he has finally admitted that all those like the security services basically the state sponsored goons who have been killing people in the name of the drug war hmm. he is sanctioning those and they have killed like thousands thousands, thousands yeah of people, that that right? was a and in fact some crazy videos i saw the ones that manisha's talking about from nigeria there's some crazy videos coming out of bangkok also yeah of oh, yes. the protest because protest there, there also. anyway so we won't discuss so much It's international we can hmm. come back to india i'd like to start with the two or three uh, news related cases in the high court and various courts um, so they were the following and uh, rohini i'd just like your comment on those i'll just play the context for our audience first there's one case happening in the bombay high court regarding republic this has not nothing to do with bark this is about it's a public interest litigation against media trial basically about a dozen police officers and activists they have filed that, that. media trial yeah. that you can't say isko karo but uh-huh. now the same court order has been reported so differently by the express today and by republic republic says that the high court victory for republic says that you cannot take away the right to report of a news organization yevo <laughs> yes of course the court has said that but they are just generally saying that in an indian express informs us that the court says that is asking your panelists that who all should be arrested is that investigative journalism you run a hashtag arrest ria your one panelist says arrest so and so so and so arrest so and so so in that order they are basically scolding republic by this is not investigative journalism however journalism must be protected hmm. so republic is just reported one half and it is reported the other half that is no, one case it expresses a fairly yeah it's a balanced piece what it's i'm saying is they've laid the context and yeah. anyway they had taken the lead from bar and bench bar and bench yesterday itself had, had the same headline yeah. uh, meanwhile there was same another headline. case i think it was the delhi high court delhi supreme high court, court. Delhi, high the delhi high court some gentleman without even informing us had taken a plea to the high court that news laundry is incorrectly reporting uh, court orders and when i saw it on the bar and bench twitter i says no one told us that we have <laughs> we have been, been taken to court taken to court and the judge threw it out saying there is no merit in this uh, so yes news laundry stands indicated <laughs> victory for news laundry which we did not even know about but <laughs> we didn't even know apparently about. someone had gone bar and bench told us well, bar and bench told us that this is what is happening right now in the court we said okay thank you for telling us and then there is uh, the other case of z news uh, uh, manisha's favorite journalist sudhir choudhury <laughs> uh he has been asked to reveal his sources right no yeah. no he has been okay here's the context they said that you know with the delhi riots they just took certain handouts i guess from the delhi police and said so and so yeah. has confessed Conf- confessional statements basically yes. saying that oh tahir hussain has confessed and we've done a very detailed report on news laundry which are not admissible the, yeah. in court on the number of reports that zeevul ki confession mein bol diya hai ki tahir ne pura mastermind kara one statement yeah. and tahir yeah. hussain he went to the court and he said this is not done and z basically reports this as a conclusive fact as a confessional that this is a ah. given that this person has confessed so so now the delhi high court has said that z news must uh, tell us its sources like where did you get this confession from and z news said that you cannot ask journalists for their sources which is correct so i think z news's case is a bit more interesting than i mean republic's case is outright ridiculous if they're saying we're doing investigative journalism but z's is a bit it's an interesting thing to look at for us 
so we are entering uncharted territory you know because i think that many established norms and conventions will have to be revisited like even on freedom of speech uh, in fact just today um tiktok had outright banned you know hate speech now they have also banned what they call neighboring ideologies neighboring ideologies means that you're not saying you know kill the jews or kill the muslims but you are either denying the holocaust or you're saying aisa kuch so they call those neighboring ideologies those have also been banned now someone can say that's an assault on free speech because you're not asking for a immediate repercussion but the kind of stuff that anurag thakur said is that free speech should that be protected i think a lot of things are being revisited so rohini let me come to you on this whole source thing based on what z has reported or what many other times now has reported complete nonsense i firmly believe that there is no source to that that is a whatsapp forward or some shit you know are we, we should we revisit the whole source being revealed not being revealed is this problematic for journalists where are you on this i've been thinking a lot about this since uh, uh, for many years now because whenever it, these leaks are the way crime journalists work leaks are the way many uh, journalists doing like defense and national security work uh, and few of them were asked about sources when you know uh, they say some uh, agent sources in the raw or sources in uh, human history said that somebody is a terrorist or uh, you know the people have lost their entire lives based on this no one asked them so these are uh, of course now it makes me I, i'll admit it makes me happy when uh, idiotic channels like uh, republic and people who are doing fake news all the time are asked for their sources but there, as you're saying there is no source they're just getting leaked information but i am more interested in how easily like the police and all of these people can leak personal information uh, whether confessions and in the end when we get that data a real journalist will be responsible or somebody who is uh, so i don't think a court can control this i don't think uh, asking somebody's source is right because it will then start open the floodgates for uh, the the government and other people involved to go after people who are doing real journalism where your whistleblowers and all of that will be exposed so i don't think that's a great way to go at all but those who are doing shoddy journalism it's not because they don't need sources they're just making stuff up and they're they're just hand in glove with whoever their friend is within the even if i remember that that video of that uh, postman saying hum mai postman hai and outside i think dia's uh, uh, house uh, right so i don't i don't think it really helps to uh, it's, it's about what kind of story you're going after and that kind of source so and i i was i'm particularly worried more recently about uh, the whatsapp forward whatsapp uh, data being leaked uh, by you know I, i guess it should be the enforcement directorate or whoever else other you know the drug uh investigations are being done so some of this stuff is coming out even before the person is even accused they are only being questioned uh, like deepika padukone's whatsapp thing and many people are really worried and i did a story around that time about uh, when the, all this is coming out when people are kind of going into signal uh, uh, we are having to give our phones up whenever you go this is true of journalists as well or, or any regular person when you are simply walking on the road any cop can take you to the a uh, police station and say give me your phone what is the password so um they if if the the question should be i think from enforcement and from police forces about how they are getting their information how they are leaking it and i don't think this going after the journalists sources is really useful oh but you know it's also playing in reverse for example and we've seen this in fact we're planning a report on this there was a pattern that amit malia will tweet something mm. the news 
like op india and you know republic will take that as a given and start running this huge news campaign around it and the police will take that news hysteria as evidence or as the trigger to act on something including what happened to omar it starts yeah. off with a tweet then it starts off with a tweet then some news portals and channels go hysterical about it and then the police acts on it so hmm. it's i mean it, it's not the source the the imaginary source has become the trigger for the police to act on something that they have created a or you know a whole mahal around so so a lot of your reports must have been source based i mean you report on the cbi you reported on crime and the police for the longest time what is your view on this whole source kind this of this my my report on ranjit sena hmm. uh, the supreme court had asked for the source so what had happened that uh, uh, when the story was out we had given the we i had got the registers and everything so we had given the copy of those registers so the supreme court asked prashant bhushan the source of this information so uh, i had not met prashant bhushan because our phones were tapped so uh, i mean not mine because i had not taken the byline so they didn't, didn't know who had written this story mm-hmm. but prashant bhushan was completely i mean there was uh, you know cbi guys in plain clothes outside his house mm-hmm. so i met my source in the night at 12 uh, you know in cp so i sat in his car we went around and he said he is ready to disclose uh, himself only if prashant bhushan himself pers- he should come personally meet me and assure safety of me and my family right okay so next day 6 630 i go to prashant bhushan and say and i am i am feeling very triumphed boss Uh, my source is ready to give his ID. Prashant Bhushan said, "Ki are you mad?" He said, "I'll give it in sealed cover. Within two hours, the Sub- name will be out and he'll be killed." He said, "No, we will not give the source." And then the Supreme Court had to buckle down. They 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 didn't ask for the source after that because we gave the original diaries also to the Supreme Court. But that's because your information was accurate. Ah, uh-huh. in Sub- this case, hmm. it's a plant. See, see, there is a. St- no, is it that? See, your your case, the uh, sorry, Manisha, you can come in. Your the information was accurate and it was corroborated. So therefore, the court suppose the information was wrong. Then you think they would have then forced they, you to be. Then there are many ways of uh, pulling me up. They can even put me behind the bar. I mean, they, there are many other cases, criminal cases. Uh, you know, slap. They can slap on me. So, so I think in this particular case also, the Delhi High Court instead of asking the source, I think. they should they should concentrate more on the fact or they should just tell sudhir chal tu ek aur chakkar laga lete yaar that okay no, we should talk like that haan, very much i mean i mean it's a plant manisha how have they corroborated that i mean it's a 161 statement yeah. how have you corroborated and even if you have a source you can't just take the source at face value you have to yes. like triangulate the information yes. yeah, i think that's the main thing so the press council act actually uh, pro, uh, protects journalists from having to disclose their sources so we have a law in our favor but uh, in this case now i think it's very interesting because the court has said that maybe we should look into whether journalists can report from case diaries but case diaries traditionally for crime reporters are excellent sources of you know putting out stories sometimes that the police may want to you know stop from coming into the public domain but in but even so i think i don't think the court should enter into the source bit because this is something the slander that z and all do has to be tackled i think civilly i think those who've been victimized and they have to be like stronger bodies or associations being formed because often they are young students or poor people who can't really fight back against big media machinery so then i think they need to be strengthened with a body that can you know just file slander cases on these guys because asking for a source once you have a precedence in the court like that and the channel gives in for something like this it will be used to for harass yeah, so many journalists 
ahead and you can't stop journalists from reporting on records that are not in the public yeah? that's our job we are supposed to be getting records which are not in the public domain and put them out so in including this, case diaries uh, and i'm sure you've done that uh, so many times and All in this case i mean uh, this uh, sudesh so this case very simple the police gave them the confession uh, confession statement okay they just read out the confession statement and they I said, said this ho is gaya. the truth ho gaya hmm. this is the truth just because the police but they did not see the charge sheet filed in the same case whether the confessional statement and charge sheet they 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 Match corroborate each other hmm. and they did not talk about the fir filed earlier in this case whether this fir and the this thing so and and what are the material evidence so basically it's a handout it's found, like publishing uh, a full press release without so, due diligence uh, so so no due diligence and slander. so that is also so that is not how source based journalism yes. is done either mehraj you want to weigh in on this yes that is exactly the problem see the whole idea of giving anonymity to your sources the whole idea of having sources and protections for not revealing those sources was that you will do public service journalism i mean there are secrets the powerful don't want out so you use sources who might be at harm if you give out their name but you report that what has happened here especially in india is like rohini was saying the crime beat and the defense beat they are so so utterly compromised i mean they just get whatever the security agencies the police feed people and they just reported out i mean you have so many examples and this isn't just the problem of the republics and the z news and everything if you remember some time ago there was this jnu student who went missing yes najib they just made him an isis terrorist yeah, yeah, yeah. overnight the reporter right the other day just the other day i mean a couple of days ago the print uh, there i think the defense correspondent went to kashmir hmm. came back wrote a story about how very the tone i mean the story is just people in quoted in it or some civil society people which nobody knows about which nobody has heard their names of and security obviously unnamed security officials and the tone and the implication of the story is that there is influence of turkey in kashmir yeah. it's growing and there's something nefarious going on <laughs> and, <laughs> the whole, and the whole and the whole their argument is there are some journalists kashmiri journalists who, working who work in turkish in, media there's a grand total of working for so long there's a grand total of half a dozen kashmiri journalists in turkish media some of whom happen to be my friends and, and also it's not before, like yeah. and it's not like the government some has made left. the no is kashmiri media really prosper no anyway. iftikhar gilani yeah. uh, who was my bureau chief in dna so he also after that i mean uh, the dna he also opted out because because, you can't because he was seeing the lurking danger he was already dovel had arrested him in the past he has written a book his his is uh, he was in jail over he was in jail for 8 months act. and 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 uh, and the kind of atrocities and after that the court released him but the print acquitted him prints a lot such nonsensical pieces you know as a monkey balancing because hum centrist centrist type this no but that is the problem if you read that piece and they put out a video also discussing that piece if you he- listen to the video if you read the piece and if you ask like where is the evidence what are they saying <laughs> there's absolutely nothing. No, so they're just doing because some security official told them and why did they tell them why did they like these kashmiri journalists in turkish media because like rohini was also saying now more and more the whole journalist sort of ecosystem especially in delhi the so called national media it's entirely a twitter bubble because mm. they see these couple of kashmiri journalists who are very vocal on twitter and they get like lots of replies and stuff and oh, oh my god this is turkish influence suddenly yeah and but the whole point is also that they went like some of the journalists who left for turkey left a while ago it's not ki abhi ek saal mein influence hua yeah, yeah. turkish media ka so suddenly all of them ran away no, but i mean there are kashmiri journalists working in the us media also US in media british also. media german media everywhere around the world in indian media also, also. so what is the post the ertugal show is 
very popular but that it's popular is, among so many people no like that happened not... also because like it was whatever they but that has, in urdu but that has nothing Pakistan. to do with this thesis. influence i mean this thesis and that has... but also i am not flabbergasted by the idea that kashmiri is like turkey say obviously like, yeah okay. but how do you link that to funds coming into turkey into in <laughs> कश्मीर shouted in the studio so yeah. uh, i'll just move on to the next but before that i just wanted to uh, mention that judith miller uh, and i'm quoting from the new york times uh, was jailed um, because she refused to name the source this is july 6 2005 judith miller investigative reporter for the new york times was sent to jail on wednesday after a federal judge declared that she was defying the law by refusing to divulge the name of a confidential source another report who faced jail in the case matthew cooper of time magazine was spared after announcing a last minute deal with a confidential source that he would allow him to testify before a grand jury before being taken into custody by three court officers miss miller said she could not in good conscience violate promises to her sources if journalists cannot be trusted to guarantee confidentiality she told judge thomas f hogan then journalists cannot function and there cannot be a free press so a bit of back story on judith miller so i had seen her interview and i was very impressed with her and i wanted to call her for the first media rumble we had in 2016 or 17 when the first media rumble happened and i remember there was a huge pushback i faced from my other colleagues because her report was one of the key reports of weapons of mass destruction found and they said you are very impressed with her having agreed to serve 80 days in prison uh for not re- for revealing the source but that report which was one of the key reports where she completely took handouts of the bush establishment and said that they have weapons of mass destruction she can definitely not be a speaker at your first media rumble as some hero so i said okay fine there wasn't just that one story there were a lot of stories and her source it turned out was that ahmed chalabi guy who the bush installed as oh, like the yes, prime minister so of that thing but then again she wasn't alone i mean she was Everyone she was the that, one exactly. who faced consequences other people uh, jeffrey goldberg he was at the new yorker at the time the most of the lies he wrote like about so the everybody connection between that. this yellow cake that came from nigeria to iraq weapons of mass destruction uranium mm. but one thing and I'll now he how did he i mean there's a term the american journalists use for it it's called failing up he's now the editor of the atlantic one thing i'll say that all stories whether print or the television stories if they come if they say uh, if the sources are from ib home ministry and defense so you have to you have to think twice you know about that story you need to be and it can't Careful be the only material you have you have to have some corroboration ah, at ah, your end yes and it isn't i mean it has consequences just the other day like this month only this kashmiri now he's a man he's a middle aged man he was released after 24 years in prison yeah i i remember that he was jailed for the lajpanagar blast of 1996 absolutely no evidence only the media trial because the security agencies police fed them some nonsense there are so many cases like this so uh, rohini you want to weigh in on this before we move on to the next subject yeah yeah i i actually was thinking of uh, you know amira just saying there was this journalist in from deccan herald who uh, lost his job and struggled a long time to find a job after he was just named in a in terror charges 2013 and uh, you know 6 months in jail and for a long time he he couldn't it was just his name was included and he was cleared he was acquitted but for the longest time he suffered uh, you know 
So even within our community of journalists, there's people who face the consequences. And, you know, more recently, the, so the idea of um, where this, you know, you can, what the states do uh, when uh, this is like what the state does and everybody in, in times in other newspapers just carried his name they just included it in everything technical journalists uh, just carried his name and they didn't have to even explain why he was charged or whatever so just as the state did the newspapers also did uh, and this just ruined a person's life so the consequences are huge and at the same time, what these newspapers and other things could have done, as you know, Manisha was saying and Raman also, about multiple sources being needed to make a claim. So if you're going to if you're going to have only one source, as even people are accusing Rukmini Kalimachi or you know who covered the ISIS and did the whole um, podcast called Caliphate, uh, and you know she had one person uh, whose story in a ten past podcast series she profiled. And now there's doubt whether he was uh, ever in ISIS. He himself is saying it, but it is a one source thing. And New York Times is now spending a lot of money and resources in trying to find other sources uh, of way, uh, in a way to confirm whether he was one or not. This is a person, of course, who has accepted that he was. It's a confession in some ways. It's a dramatic, long, uh, you know, cinematic confession over 10 episodes. Uh, but it's still uh, being questioned as good journalism or not, because now when he Canada has arrested him as a as somebody who's you know showing a false identity, and he he was not ever in ISIS. So I mean, this one source thing, uh, it it's bad journalism, and I don't think even a court can actually, if you had to say, well, who's your source? This is this one source, but it's bad journalism, right? So that is the that is what worries me more when you had this kind of one source report, which is not really corroborated by anything else standards are so lax i mean i've worked yeah, in five six true. organizations a journalist a reporter brings you a story which is like you can just look at it and say i mean this has no corroboration but because like you have to fill up a page or because i mean it's from the police or whatever or it's like you have to monkey balance so you publish it editorial stands someone gets your Chinese food menu and you say the 20 soldiers found I mean that is the world we live in and that's the editors themselves <laughs> that's the editors themselves <laughs> 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 we are doing like investigative journalism I, it's such a joke yeah, Republic saying ki we were actually doing investigative journalism like what a joke okay I want to now just move on I just want to read a couple of emails and then move on to um, in the context of what is happening in Maharashtra and Punjab the whole federalism and are we heading to a constitutional crisis we'll set the context but before that this email is from um, Dhiraj hi all Abhinandan apologies in advance for this call out uh, Dhiraj you never have to apologize no matter how much you criticize us uh, we have made that clear in the past we are the fact that you pay to keep our journalism alive um, gives you the right to uh, tell us when you think we've done something that is inappropriate or disappointing Dhiraj says I have been a little disappointed with your science coverage and the excuses given for it like the one you gave on Hafta this week it seems like the minute Ranga left your science effort fell apart I have felt to have in this particular direction has been lazy to say the least. If you can't do it, just say it's not your core competence. I say this more out of frustration than critique really. Economic, science, policy and environment is an area where there is a gap that can be filled. I'm sure you could find a writer like Vivek for the other fields. Hell, if not an article, a podcast, a crossover collaboration with say a Pavan Srinath of Takshila, Meghnath, Pavan, Vivek and a guest, wow, peeling out different aspects, dream come true for starters, picking the brains of Gagandeep Kang on vaccines. I would recommend you listen to Pavan here and you have given us the link to the Pragati podcast. Anyway, rant over. Best regards, Dheeraj. Dheeraj, uh, you know, we tried to put that together. Uh, for one, uh, and I'm not just saying this because he's no longer a colleague, uh, Ranga had very little to do with the science desk. They were about 15 or 20 
doctorates and postdoc researchers in uh, labs and universities around the world who actually had agreed to be a part of it because but you can imagine they themselves are so overworked so we don't have the uh, and i said it's not a competence you know mehraj and manish and raman sir can't see a you know a science piece and they can edit it for structure and spelling but if it says diethyl ether should be you know injected into your toenails and it will cure baldness i i mean they have no way to say that's true or not yeah, so you do need expertise so you need so and the and a few of our uh, subscribers who formed the science desk did contribute their time but a some of the articles that came were like 3 4000 words so to get someone else who we are not even paying and who's doing a full time research on their own to do that and then they would send feedback that no this is not peer reviewed this site then that person would have to say no this is okay so between those two three scientists the pieces would take like 2 months so that's the reason it didn't work out and when something big happens usually we do write to a science desk but, but now we have yeah. a full time yeah. columnist said yeah uh, jamirao yeah he is both a public health expert and a practicing physician and a very accomplished uh, man of science and very good articles if you happen to please go yeah. to newslaundry.com and, and he's writing twice articles. a month we'll try to make it more frequent and we are also doing a ground story on environment impact of uh, oh, yeah. you know, nl sena nl sena project so that story should be out you know after diwali but yes you are right we can do with the science desk but just the expertise required for that are not in house right now uh, then there is this other email from hardeep asrani hardeep says i was randomly searching uh, for something and ended up on hafta 108 where the panel discusses when kangana hit back at karan johar where everyone celebrated what kangana did which is fair as she did the right thing but only abhinandan called her out for being a hateful person and sort of unstable well jump back to 2020 the joke is on the rest of the panel that's all hardeep i i would love to say see i told you so i was right this is made his day you don't know I, like <laughs> i wouldn't love to say like i think you'd sleep well at night today okay like wow someone recognized no, i was right time, about kangana no no at that that point of time and the context i think she i mean she was the I think perhaps the first one to call out Karan Johar. Sure, call but the thing is, I mean, we've called out. Not that everyone gives a shit what I say, but you know, we have said, <laughs> you know, we've said Karan Johar is a buffoon and a bully and a entitled, you know, untalented buffoon, uh, which is fine. But the point is that Kangana has. Okay, you know, Manisha and I have discussed this. I happen to know Kangana's background in a fair amount of detail. It's not fair to do a story because there are other problematic issues there. But the reason I said that was because that was not my first introduction to Kangana. So, uh, and then this you supported her in the whole Rithik thing also. I think you were team Rithik, right? I was not team either. <laughs> I was like, why the hell are you guys breaking up on national television? Like, get a life, guys. Yeah. No, but, but it's true no, that she was, was really she was really celebrated. I think a bit maybe. No, like, I think she was celebrated as a feminist because people love that whole you know Twitter this thing. But I, I have always felt that she is a, a very problematic figure, and it is going to play out worse and worse as time goes by. I I was making fun of her ex boyfriend Shekhar Suman's son when he sat on the India Today interview with his father, and each question that was asked to the son, Shekhar Suman said, "You talk to me, Rahul Kamal." You talk to me, I'm like, अरे अंकल तुम्हारे लड़के की गर्लफ्रेंड है वो तुम्हारी नहीं है I was like, what a loser. I mean, even the interview is giving this. And he said, no, I should have listened to my father. I did not listen to him. He says he was completely taken in by her. He was smitten. Black magic, kala jadu. I was like, what are these buffoons? Oh, when, yeah, the yeah, when they said some stupid so, things about so blood drinking. I was like, so just because I think they are idiots doesn't mean I'm team Kanganot. I'm I'm team common sense. So. <laughs> <laughs> and there is this uh, one more mail and then we can get back to the other issues this is by, by Shehba Fatima 
Hello Abhinandan, I am a doctor and a surgery residence to be precise. Missing Mehraj's commentary, he has been absent from Hafta quite a bit these days. I am an atheist and my family is regular religious. Regular in the sense, they easily ignore and follow Islamic rules as in how it suits them. After the Paris beheading incident, I tried to initiate a conversation in my family group that we should acknowledge the violent history of Islam. But most of my family was quick to say, wonder how offensive those cartoons were that he was so enraged to kill. This is what religion does to folk. It makes one defend the indefensible. I saw Rana Saifi tweet on the lines that they who are killing in the name of Muhammad are not Muslims at all. Isn't this a great disservice to the common Muslims? The intellectuals should be teaching people tolerance, but they totally disown the criminals. Isn't it similar to how people don't condemn the rape culture, but quick to disown the criminal as inhuman? Would love to hear the panel's views on this. Thanks for your work. Shahba. So, Shahba. Shahba. So, before I come to Rohini, since it has been specifically, Shahba has asked for... Mehraj's comment, you can go first and then Rohini. Thanks a lot first. That's very kind. And uh, I mean, ab- about this, I mean, it's as simple as the fact that this person was motivated by religious intolerance, the murder. But the reaction to it is just rank Islamophobia. There's absolutely no doubt. Macron, the French, they're, they have declared it terrorism, probably as they should. Hmm. And they are now holding on on something memorial memoriam or whatever and they're giving this guy a, a certain um, exactly and mm. it was huge news in India also mm. two days later near the Eiffel Tower two French Muslim women of Algerian descent were stabbed called dirty Arabs they almost died absolutely no outrage absolutely nothing not that the other one shouldn't have but the problem is the reaction is not the same why not because politicians others and it was huge news in India also the same I mean couple of days after a Muslim taxi driver has been lynched from Noida. That's like here, 20 kilometers away. Why is this a huge news? The other one is not. Not that this is any less of a crime and this is not. But the the because this, it has been used to whip up passions by politicians, by others. So that is the problem. Uh, like she was saying, I mean, obviously, if but you are... Wh- a, but the bit about the family the groups not wanting to outright condemn something like this, you think that is... That's lack of sub- education, that's lack of, I mean, a little bit of bigotry also maybe, a l- lack of education also, lack of understanding of your religion also, like she was saying people pick and choose, I mean, that's almost every religious person and non-religious person we pick and choose from everything, that is how human beings are, you like what, you. I mean, there's this uh, verse in Quran which says Udkhulu fi kafa, which means if you have to accept the religion, accept it in as a whole, don't pick and choose according to your convenience. Mm. I think that's a good message. Mm. So if you read it as a whole, if you understand it as a whole, then you come to a conclusion because you think, okay, this is this, this is this. You pick parts from here, pick parts from here. That is, I think, where the problem comes from. But isn't, isn't, sorry, Raman, if you come in, but isn't that the problem to have to take something as a whole? Like, for example, there are certain things about the Mahabharat, which I find very moving. You know, the entire the nepotism ki commentary ke bhai, aapne, anyone who was able to match up to Arjun was asked to either cut his thumb or not fight or go away or was not of the right caste. And there are many things that are problematic about now not that Hinduism expects you to follow any dictat, but the point is even if it did, I can reject some parts. I think the moment you take something as a whole that I have to accept it, then one kind of minimizes or uh, or reduces the possibility of reform or like for example Pontifex has done, we didn't include this in the headline but he has said, uh, the Pope that same sex civil union should be, the church should start looking at it kindly. Now this is huge for a Pope to say. Now if you were to accept as everything that you have to accept it as a whole, then would not 
that make reform so reduce isn't that the problem in, in isn't that the biggest roadblock to reform I, i don't think i came across as clear as i wanted that's not what i meant by enter it fully or understand it fully i meant with context i mean you can't pick this verse here this verse here this verse here and say this means this this means this and this means this so you have to understand the whole thing once you understand the whole thing then you will get an idea of what you find valuable what you find problematic what you don't agree with what you agree with if you don't understand the whole thing i mean it's like anything i mean i'm reading this mail if i just read bits and parts of it i won't understand what it means so when you it says udkhulu fisilmi kafa go in it like the whole way that is what it means understand the whole message and then it's obviously up to you whether you want to believe you want to disbelieve you want to reject some parts accept some parts and that's between you and your creator whatever you believe in uh, no one of our writers shweta desai she has shifted to france so she told me that french muslims have come in a big support and she's writing a piece for us uh, from the ground and uh, most probably we are going to get it tomorrow no big support in the sense big support uh, big support uh, for the teacher obviously any Ma. sensible person ah. would i mean of course i mean ah. so uh, rohini uh, you have something to say on the two emails that we got and how um, one responds to family groups like this um i think i i, I really was moved by what mehra just said you know the thing of, i was still thinking about the single source thing what we were talking about earlier in the journalism but like that also uh, as a very religious grandfather my my grandfather was really religious and he was also uh, i think so, he spent some years in the rss as well but i never that's why when i when i read about rss and the the kind of uh, messages i got from my grandfather about the about hinduism and what i read and see and see now they're in stark contrast uh, and uh, you know he would read vivekananda and he was i think in, in their college as well uh, and all of that so um when the rest of my family uh, speak about it they are much less well read about even you know the scriptures or they don't know sanskrit or tamil or any of this in the kind of detail that the most religious person in my family had but the conversations are problematic because everyone a lot of them believe that uh, whatever religion religious ideas they've been passed on the single source of guidance to life but they are just one of the ways to navigate life right so if you how can we not be influenced by science that we learn in school or in other ways that we read how can we not be influenced by um other by by people from different religions or different genders and people around you uh those you grew up with friends or how can you not be influenced by travel how can you not be influenced by classmates uh, to think that the only single guidance to life is some uh scriptures written years ago uh, centuries ago uh, it, i think very re- truly religious people perhaps don't think that uh it it just becomes when you fool yourself that it has answers to all life's uh, mysteries that's or your uh, how you have to how you have to treat a fellow human being or or any other animal uh, that is when it's problematic so these kinds of conversations i actually don't have any more with my family because i've understood that these are lines that actually over time i think conversations about lots of other things make people familiar with each other and they become more open to some of these ideas it's a long game it's actually the game that even uh, missionaries of any religion uh, adopt they spend a lot of time with people helping them in many other ways before the religion is even mentioned uh, so yeah i think that's how i i i i'd say the person who wrote the letter i think that's the best way to deal with 
those who you don't agree with who are close to you a lot of this conversation is also driven by stereotypes i mean when we say a religious person what do we mean for example i'll take the example of a muslim man there's this muslim man who wears a topi who has a long beard wears a mm. shalwar kameez goes to mosque five times a day doesn't know how to read and write the quran maybe has memorized a few verses there's another person who maybe wears jeans and whatever tone jeans and t-shirts understands his religion doesn't make a show of his worshiping and all who is that. religious who is not and now these two people say for example they commit a crime invariably you will say this guy with the beard he is a muslim he committed this crime because he was motivated by religion the other one does most likely you won't say that unless he like hmm. goes out and says i so. did it sure so that is also a part of the problem because we just like like rohini was also saying it's never a single source thing absolutely i think the one thing though i don't agree with you is the i do think that the paris uh, the beheading deserved the kind of coverage it did i don't think that was motivated by islamophobia because it was a really extreme crime one a because of the history of what happened at charlie hebdo and then you have a teacher teaching about it as you know uh, a, a class on freedom of speech he says that muslims may be offended in the class please leave and then you still have parents offend get be offended by it because the children went back home and told whatever and then you had a beheading so i think it did deserve the reporting it got coverage yes I'm and i it's, reaction, it's a very coverage. i think so i'm i mean in the western press i found it okay i do think in the indian press a lot of it is motivated by islamophobia I and it's to corner happens, yeah. muslim related anywhere it's in the world it's to corner indian muslims to say though i think like uh, the crime of this dalit lawyer who was killed for his anti brahmin post quote and quote in gujarat that's something that i that should have got wall to wall coverage because Absolutely. it's such a crazy case and if you see the way the police is talking about it they've already said that these were inflammatory anti brahmin posts we don't know what these posts were and someone went and killed him a and lawyer there was actually and i think similar... this is this is what is this is i think what when meraj says that reportage driven by islamophobia for example the horrific nature of this incident that you're talking about was not even a headline yeah it wasn't well prime time discussion but actually, it was a headline there was a beheading of a 12 year old dalit girl also beheading i mean i saw those visuals they were really scary her head was just cleanly cut off mm. she was allegedly raped and then beheaded yeah, but, but in this case the motive that is the stated motive is his posts you know there one can say that it is not a caste crime it is just a crime of you know horrible insanity lust whatever it is here to the stated objective is caste na even then it was so so bachela uh, i will give you you know an example of my family my late grandmother god bless her soul i loved her so much she was a generation that had moved from lahore to here during the partition so while she was an arya samaji and uh, couldn't stand the rss uh, she did not want any of us to get married to a muslim so how you have to soften them is and that my older sister had a child without getting married so it blew my grandmother's mind like she was like what has happened we said like she couldn't comprehend like how can that even happen not only did that and she was pregnant a second time so her mind was like getting fried then she was wondering what is going to happen my second sister so my second sister she lived in singapore she came is tenu shaadi wadi karni hai ki tu bhi teri pehn di tarah ng tu whatever banna paida so she said so she came with a boyfriend so she said iska naam hai nidar abdullah acha musliman hai ha chalo theek hai lekin shaadi karke hi bachcha paida kar so by the end of it yaar kuch bhi chalega so if you have a bunch of siblings got to work as a team so you make one person do something so outlandish that the second sibling can do something a little less and then say okay it's all good you know so um on that note if i could just move on to um you know this whole thing about what's happening in maharashtra 
lay the context and in Punjab you know that the central government has passed three farm bills um this is going to the stated objective is that it is going to make farmers free to move across the country which apparently they were anyway and sell wherever they want directly to private parties it is supposed to cut out the middleman now punjab has faced a huge protest because there is a huge agrarian economy there the state of punjab faced major backlash and there were protests and we saw you know a lot of these people farmers from punjab protesting amarinder singh in fact it was on this bill that the shiromani akali dal could not continue their association with uh, the nda because they knew that they'd completely lose their base in in punjab so they withdrew they are no longer part of the nda i think that the second oldest allies after the shiv sena and now chief minister amrinder singh has passed three bills in the assembly which go against the bills passed in the parliament now he says bhai i am not going to listen to your law i'll make my own law but this these bills have to be given the not by the governor and by the president of india and if they're not given a not by either then they cannot prevail the central law will prevail however if this state says that we will not allow let's say other state guys to enter us is there a constitutional crisis that we're heading towards and similarly maharashtra uddhav thakre has revoked when the cbi goes to investigate any case in another state they have to take permission of the state uh, because the jurisdiction of is of that home ministry that police department he has withdrawn permission on the trp case because like you said cbi needs the permission of the state government to investigate a case but because there are so many cases and they can't ask for permission every time so the states give general consent which means okay come and investigate whenever what happened is when the sushant rajput case happened mumbai police was investigating it and then the bihar police registered an fir and they went to the supreme court and the supreme court said let cbi investigate that and clearly as we have seen i mean that was very costly for the maharashtra government so what they have done now is because they fear this uh, trp case which the maharashtra police is investigating including against public tv they think the cbi will take it over because they have taken it over in up correct so they have withdrawn the general consent which means if the cbi has to investigate that case they'll have to take the permission of the state government first which it's unlikely they'll give oh. but that doesn't mean they can't register an fir they can still register an fir and if like the it goes to court the supreme court says okay cbi will invest to get uh, the maharashtra yeah. government There's one court. thing do no either this is uh, they may go via the court court can ask that the cbi will investigate yes. into this or the case that they have registered in up if it has got any connection if say i mean it has got any connection with maharashtra or mumbai so they can always they go can, they yes. say okay, we are doing the it's, uh, it's related to the this, other fir yes this complaint is basically filed by this place uh, this company called golden rabbit communication mm. they're a delhi based company and they have regional offices and they file the fir in lucknow so it's not really the maharashtra yeah another thing is i see i see a very i see a and they want clear pattern also. that all controversial cases where the center wants to intervene are being taken away either by ed or 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 the cbi but so that's always almost always been the case right? no no is is it wasn't that blatant yeah i mean it wasn't that blatant you you never had a pattern at that time but right now i'm seeing that all these important cases even i mean either you should be saying that the local police say in maharashtra or up they are doing a shoddy job so so that could be an alibi for the cbi to take over the case but now i mean wherever the center wants to intervene those cases just go to the now this is becoming a kind of a theme of the center becoming you know wanting to dictate things across the country and even at the risk of not understanding local sentiments so let me start with rohini the bjp has been able to create a foothold in karnataka and i've asked 
you know a panelist last time also on this why has it not been able to establish anything in tamil nadu you know in karnataka it's managed some sort of a foothold in fact quite a significant one kerala the rss is quite active so a the local the the tamil politics and aidmk after jalalitha is there a future there who is the leader is the bjp the natural ally do you see as a journalist and in parts of tamil nadu is this government seen as a threat to federalism uh, i think uh, across across the country actually there's this widening thing between the state and the centers right more and more uh, whether it's a bjp government in the state or not there's, there is there is a, a growing sense of the center laying down terms and i think the this thing that they've called the gst thing being the great betrayal those are some real ways in which we are seeing many states having issues with the way the central government is literally reneging on promises it's made financially and also laying down terms so every time usually it's tamil nadu that is uh, put in the headlines as the one that is the loudest anti hindi and anti central government voice but it's a uh, the parties there have long been part of central governments uh, in alliance you know including dmk with karunanidhi on the top and and there's always been conversations between the center and state and, and the states uh, in the south but i guess because they they're kind of waving the flag of federalism as you know people like karunanidhi and all have and even jalalitha although they have uh, allied with the center before they've always used that as a negotiating tool as a leverage and i think now you know i disagree with one thing you said about the bjp it seems like there's a lot of activity of the rss in kerala but my question is that even after all this activity why is bjp not you know getting more than that one long seat that they've had for a long for some time uh, and that to that is a leader who's a very old well known leader from the from the state uh, karnataka has also like kerala has a history of the jansang being here for a long time and then and the mangalore and coorg areas Uh, have strong supporters of rss but also bjp and everything now so that history is there but same history exists in kerala as well but that has not led to the kind of growth of the bjp that karnataka see in tamil nadu it seems like again the bjp is making a lot of noise but they don't have tall leaders they don't have faces that uh, so the people who were you would say uh, hindutva adjacent sort of leaders some would say even jalalitha was one of them but uh, you know they have had to fit into the dravidian politics and so have had to like many parties in the center in an any coalition have had to kind of dilute some of that politics knowing what wins elections basically and bjp is trying to create certain things they're trying to make noise in tamil nadu now but they have the money they have the money and they have i mean i guess they have much more determination than a lot of the parties than the aidmk has for sure to grow deeper so admk has had a lot of support from the bjp uh, any i mean i'm not going into details but even when jalalitha was alive that was going on and even after her death they've had the support of bjp but it can never for for many many more years it can't be the one that is in the forefront uh, so they will have to be the b team for a long time for much more much longer because it's still seen as a party that doesn't know what's going on in that state and that unless they manage to do this uh, the weird ways in which they allied with the pdp in in kashmir that kind of but no it that that showed you know it won't last long and that kind of thing is what they're trying in tamil nadu but it's not something that there's a no, lot of noise socially they're trying to do a lot 
uh, and that is actually much stronger than the political gains raman sir you were of the view that this punjab is no more than posturing and a gimmick by amrinder singh it will lead to nothing he can pass these bills in assembly to shade so that they could मैंने फार्मर्स का इंटरेस्ट प्रोटेक्ट करना चाह कुछ होगा कुछ नहीं होगा नॉन इट्स अ पॉलिटिकल मूव यू डोंट थिंक ही विल स्टॉप अदर फार्मर्स फ्रॉम एंटरिंग इन केस दे वांट टू एंटर नो आई आई रियली डोंट थिंक सो आई थिंक इन पंजाब द फार्मर्स बेसिकली से दैट दे हैव एन एक्सेस टू द मार्केट सो वी डू नॉट नीड दीस लॉस दे दे सी दैट दीस लॉस आर गोइंग टू इंपैक्ट हैव एन इंपैक्ट ऑन द एमएसपी so so that is what they want they want that msp should stay hmm. and these people the, the farmer should get benefited by that right like one of the only few only safeguards few. farmers the market right is still open so if they get a higher price then they will go i i think they, the, they will the anyway go to the market the center's explanation of why they don't have an msp is very lame huh. but uh, we've discussed this in some yes. length so in this case also i mean uh, the they have gone to the court they have told the farmers yes we are with you now if the if the governor doesn't sign it so they will just put the entire blame on the center mm. there's a, and if uh, i think miraj was telling that they will not go to the court who's the governor of punjab is is he as amazing as the maharashtra governor koshiyari pahadi pahadi obviously yeah. he's a uttarakhandi uttarakhandi so meanwhile what's happening in maharashtra with the cbi being denied permission this i think is something that has the potential of contagion Uh, you know other states that are not bjp owned will start denying it and of course this person who's filed this case mamta banerjee already did it some time ago oh she did okay yeah. what did they want to go there for to investigate what oh their uh, his police commissioner oh right yes her police commissioner so i guess we are in the age of divisive politics and but if and i mean if there is going to be a crisis and if that crisis like sort of weakens the center decentralizes this country more gives states more say visa with the center and all for it no no i think the kind of federalism that we have we have a strong center with weaker states hmm. it's not the way the it it's not the us, US the us is very very states hmm. are very powerful hmm. here you have three lists and center whenever they want the state list in some way is linked with the with certain topics given in concurrent list for example in uh, even uh, this law and order is the state subject hmm. but hmm. then the cbi ed all they, yeah, they, they are in uh, assets so they are i said it before also this whole idea of a very strong center and very like weak states. weak states in a country as diverse i mean it's not even a country it's a continent as mm-hmm. diverse as india it's a recipe for disaster and it's even only going to get worse so uh, we will uh, talk at length about bihar in the next podcast when anand yes. is also going to be with us and we'll maybe get our wonderful reporter to join us for a bit basant hmm. but uh, those of you listening you know we have an nl sena project up for a bihar coverage basant has been there already for i think 10 days if not 12 he's going to be there for another 20 days we have videos that have come in from there uh, so how many videos and reports has basant already sent about 3 of each yeah so you've seen a lot of basant videos i think more than 3 so you've seen basant's coverage our target for this nl sena project is 5 lakh 40000 because there's a bunch of people working on it there's a producer working on it there's of course his stay accommodation travel in bihar for a month the editing that has to be done here so we are almost halfway to the target of 540 thank you so much those of you who've contributed can you please stop up this nl sena project because we have one more nl sena project and this one is from the south because we like to do robust reporting and that can only be done when the reporters uh, have the resources to actually report and thank you those of you who contribute and make this happen and we don't take advertising money so please do go to newslaundry.com on the top right hand corner click on subscribe go to the nl sena page 
and do contribute to the NLC, na. And if you want to contribute a smaller amount, you can do be a regular subscriber. Spread the word because it's important that you pay to keep news free. Because when the public pays, the public is served, and I have said this several times before. Uh, just to add one thing, this uh, Bihar project we are doing it in both Hindi and English. Yes, uh, and not all the rewriting is being done by in-house resources because the volume of stuff coming, much of it is also given out. So we do need the kind of resources and money. And since we are talking so much of all the legal cases, we've also had an additional. spend of about 2 and a half odd lakhs those of you who want to know the wonderful sakal times has uh, filed an fir against a wonderful reporter for <laughs> copyright infringement because he reported on the layoffs so we have cases against raman sir me madhu basically everybody and a criminal fir against our reporter now while i'm sure that eventually this will be thrown out but there is an additional kharcha and because sakal times is owned by a prominent family of Maharashtra's politically connected powers it's owned by them so they have they'll have the resources that you know they have so if you can maybe contribute a little more this month we've had a additional kharcha this month thanks to frivolous cases that have been sent our way now i would just like to move on to the kashmir you know developments and mehraj can put those in place before that i had just a couple of emails i want to read this one is from asif shamim asif says dear nl hafta team As TV news sinks to new lows, the quality of content on news laundry reaches new highs. I must compliment your team on excellent properties like TV newsons, Tippani, Hafta, and Charcha, and a whole host of ground reports that speak to a journalistic work ethic that is rapidly hurtling towards extinction in India. News laundry has been able to conclusively prove that a highly questionable business case of a subscription-based model can be made to work even in India with the right amount of passion and some amount of nudging Mufat Khors into becoming paying subscribers. Exactly. Listen to us if you Mufat Khors. who consume our content for free and then whine about news is going to the dogs what are you doing about it huh so do get on newsland.com and contribute if you haven't already with regard to the discussion in hafta 297 on the supreme court verdict on protests not being allowed for indefinite periods in public areas i do not agree with abhinandan's seemingly rational argument on why protests should not be allowed to inconvenience others I feel the right to protest is far too important than we realize. Imagine if our freedom fighters had protested in some obscure corner of the country what impact would it have had? I think as long as protests are non-violent they are a democratic right and must be accommodated. I think a government's response to protest largely indicates how it looks at its citizens rights and the current supreme court judgment will have very serious ramifications. It also encourages the administration to take action in such cases and not wait for the court to intervene. An immediate example of the same was the treatment meted out by Mamta Banerjee to the planned BJP protest led by Tejasvi Surya in Kolkata. I may not agree with Tejasvi Surya's politics, but I know he has as much of a right to protest as I do. As a society and as a country, we seem to be testing the limits of our social fabric. This has been building up for decades possibly, but the politics of current ruling dispensation has been a catalyst in changing it forever, but not for good. The Hathras case and innocuous video ad by Tanishk etc are testimonies to how the lynch mob are now totally are literally at our doorstep i mean any one of us could be next and we will find our friends colleagues and news media cheering them on take care keep up the great work asif thanks asif uh, for that mail and for your support uh, in fact there's another subscriber who has a similar view about the entire supreme court case which is raghuraj raghuraj writes hi news laundry i quite enjoyed your Fiery panelist Miss Kiruba Munnuswamy. This is the kind of voice that has been missing from Hafta for a long time. 
Most of the views of the panelists are usually colored by upper caste lens set of looking at issues. The sharp contrast in how Abhinandan and Kiruba read the Supreme Court's observation on protests just shows how the same issues can be viewed differently based on the relative point of view. I have to confess I would have been convinced by Abhinandan's reading if not for the counter by Kiruba. A constant complaint I have is how suicide is reported in the media. I heard several times both Manisha and Abhinandan talk about the mechanism by which Mr. Ashwini Kumar died by suicide. Suicide reporting needs more sensitivity from journalists. Actual mode of suicide and the state of how the body was found is unnecessary information in a suicide report. Some of these details may trigger those who are contemplating suicide to actually go ahead with it. The media did this with SSR and many other celebrity suicides before that. Many news outlets have been embracing died by suicide instead of committing suicide, which is a welcome change. No one commits suicide the way the same way no one commits a heart attack. I expect better from news laundry and hope they change the way they report suicide henceforth. I'm a regulist of Hafta an ardent and copious consumer of your content keep up the great content thanks raguraj point taken we shall try to be better and be more sensitive when we are discussing and dealing with suicides raguraj is mbbs ms fiaco raguraj if i'm anything is happening to me which surely will soon i'm coming to you i oh he's in singapore bloody hell never mind but thanks thanks for your support mehraj you just want to tell us about this latest development in kashmir and is it significant politically or is it just noise So what has happened is these uh, five, four regional parties, basically two parties and two bit players, and uh, CPM parties is National Conference and People's Democratic Party, and Sajjad Loon's party, and another Javed Mir's party, which are like nowhere on the horizon, and CPIM in Kashmir. CPIM is one person, Mahmud Yusuf Tarigami. Okay. Seriously, I mean he is like CPIM. So anyway, they have gotten together and they have announced this Gupkar Declaration Alliance. So Gupkar Declaration, what it is? Gupkar is the this like road, like your Parliament Street here. Gupkar is the road where all these politicians and everybody for land Mahbub Mufti live. Uh, on the eve of the abrogation of Article three seventy, they got the feelers that Article three seventy was going to be revoked, Article thirty five A along with it, and state was going to be bifurcated, whatever. So they came together. They said they won't let this happen. Clearly, I mean that didn't happen. So it happened. and they said if it happened then on the anniversary of the abrogation they got together again and they said we will fight to restore the status quo ante which is article 370 statehood and when couple of days ago when mahbub mufti was released from detention after over a year they got together again and they announced this alliance which is like they'll join hands and fight together the problem is i mean it's because it's farooq abdullah it's mahbub mufti so it gets a lot of coverage in the media but the problem is where they stand now is basically i mean if not irrelevant they have become fringe players and that's becoming even worse now with the center announcing these new district development councils which will be directly elected so what happens is these people were the sort of the arbiters of power in kashmir and now they not they drew much. their power from delhi and they exercised in kashmir now that power will go to district development councils even if there's an assembly election and these people contest which as of now i mean nobody knows they might even that assembly won't have i mean the earlier assembly also didn't have that many powers even though have- in theory it had more powers than most of the other state assemblies but in practice it didn't now even that won't be there it'll be like the delhi assembly maybe even less so So if it's so irrelevant why did they raid this guy Farooq Abdullah twice within 4 days Because they don't want anyone to make any noise at all so the crackdown is total the crackdown is complete and the thing is i mean they should be happy about it the center should i mean they're i don't know they're stupid that way because 10 years 15 years ago Farooq Abdullah's party was asking for autonomy and autonomy in the sense the pre 1953 position which was only defense telecommunications and external affairs will be with 
Delhi, hmm. everything else will be state state controlled. Mahbub right. Mufti's party was asking for self rule, hmm. which was I mean pretty much the same thing with free borders with the other side of Kashmir, hmm. right? Now they have come down vastly from there. Now they are just asking for statehood and like the so the so position the s- that was there before this thing. So the center has been moved way towards. The, the BJP's side exactly, right? and even so, these guys. I mean, they should have embraced them with open arms, but I mean, it seems like they don't have any strategy unless the strategy is like total blank out of everything. And what they are hoping, I think, is because they'll get these uh, district development councils up and running, and the people who will sort of who will agree to participate in those elections will be like small, small, uh, like local leaders from these parties only. But the case he's been raided for or questioned for is something to do with the Cricket Association of Jammu Yeah, I'll just come to that. So what happens is if the if these guys, like because these guys are now sort of on the fringe and the power goes to district development councils, the sort of narrative, the sort of issues that get talked about come even further down. At the district development council, you are not going to talk about autonomy and self-rule. You'll talk about roads and bijli and power. Kharanjani, right. pasture so, lands. Yes, water. exactly. So that's also done. Now what they're doing with the ED is basically like they do it with every leader. Whoever wants to speak out of turn. But they what's send the case after. against him? Case is that between, I think, 2002 and 2011, when Farooqullah, part of the time, he was the head of the Kashmir Cricket Association. Hmm. BCCI funds state uh, cricket associations. Okay, so and the, the allegation is that under him, fund. there was misappropriation of around like 30, 43, 44 crore rupees. Mm. And that's the case. And it's been going on forever, like Raman sir was saying at the beginning. Speaking of cricket associations, Arun Jaitley's son is now the head of Delhi Cricket Association, right? Uh, after Arun Jaitley. So, Rajat Sharma was earlier and then there was some pachra there. So, as usual, there's no though Bhai Bhati Jawad in BJP. No, even if these leaders contest, I remember when I was very actively, you know, covering Kashmir with Deftikar Gilani. And I had seen the documents at that time, even in the past elections. <laughs> you know, the way this Farooq Abdullah won, in each constituency, the polling is 5%. Yeah, that was ridiculous. 2%. <laughs> There's no quorum. 10%. Of, last, There's no concept of quorum in voting. The last... <laughs> I mean, amazing. I mean, Panchayat elections that happened, so many of so many booths where no election happened. I, I remember in this one uh, ward or something, there was, there was a candidate, most... Lots of like wards didn't even have candidates. Lots of villages. So in this ward, there was a candidate, but there was no vote. So which means even the candidate didn't vote for herself. <laughs> no one went at all. So Rohini, if you could just you know we'll wind up in another 10-15 minutes. I just want to discuss Nigeria once you know Manisha will come in. But before that, we I've got a mail. He didn't want it read out, but. He was a little critical of our coverage of, you know, Hyderabad floods. And he said, you know, what we spoke about Tamil Nadu floods, it was too general. Uh, Well, thanks, first of all, for your support and for your criticism. The reason, you know, we had discussed with Raman sir also, he said, we can't get any more reporters on this. You know, Uma Sudhir and News Minute have done a lot of ground reports on that. So there was nothing more we could add because we don't have a full-time reporter there. Uh, So which is why we just included in the Hafta. And for daily news updates, please listen to Daily Dose. That would be more uh, elaborate yeah, Daily Dose of- we do include, our, our daily podcast. So do check out our Daily Dose. By the way, if you listen to Daily Dose and if you have a you know paucity of time, if you're crunched on time, in like 20 minutes, you'll get whatever is the relevant news you need to know. Of the day. So it's a must-listen daily podcast that News Lonnie does. Do check it out and it's free. It's not behind a paywall or anything. Also, uh, so Rohini, about this entire um, South coverage of the monsoon, the flooding, you know, the way Bombay's covered, the way Delhi's covered, is the local media there as active and is there any impact at a local level to the coverage 
because of flooding or how lakes are treated is it man made is it natural do you have some some more information you can give no of course there's a lot of coverage about it and and also because you can't miss the weather you know, if you're if you're not even even if you're not in hyderabad you you know what's going on not just you don't have to read the news even you can feel it in your skies and in your weather in your weather and the temperature around you and uh, you know there's like effects all around and the flooding itself uh, there's a lot of people writing you know and, and and i think even express did indian express which is not i mean it, it covers the south but it also has only some reporters they did an explanation about you know how some lake uh, you know in the city there was a lot of uh, lakes were created for drinking water and all that and but still there was flooding during uh, the chennai floods and then the kerala floods again you know the role of dams the role of drainage the, or the lack of it is it's discussed so my question about the coverage is uh, about the decision of editors coming to a point of exhaustion we have done it all we've covered it i'm not saying this specifically only about news laundry but in general there is very little exhaustion about covering the mumbai floods or the bad air in delhi but there is very quick exhaustion about covering floods in other parts including orissa including bihar assam uh, there's uh, you know so and i think it can only be fixed by having people uh, like reporters or or just a team it doesn't even have to be just a journalist it can be a team of people who are specialists in this in climate change or urban architecture to tell us to have these things written on a more regular basis this is something that is a new beat i think it has to become one and one journalist it's it's hard i mean how many times you going to send even if you did have a journalist in hyderabad how many times is that person going to unlike tv you don't need this person to go and stand in neck high water and do the reporting they or you can get other specialists who know who understand this and learn from other cities that you may not care about at least for the mistakes to prevent mistakes in your own city and a lot of climate change experts scientists are all sitting in the south in bangalore in uh, chennai hyderabad and they can have lessons for or, or there are a lot of people studying uh, landslides in uttarakhand Uh, these are experts that we need to hear more from if not reporters and more and more people are explaining this for uh, to us and it's not even just an india story right it's a worldwide story right so i'd say that we don't need reporters you just need voices that know stuff right manisha before i come to you i just had i just want to make a couple of points and read a couple of mails one is that we have a whole bunch of new merchandise that has been delivered to our office those of you last time who wrote to me saying that you did not get the sabki dhulai soaps and they were sold out before you could well from just before diwali that is from the beginning of november to january we have a whole new lot of the sabki dhulai soaps the tiranga soaps the jasmine the lemongrass and the orange soap herbal soaps also we have this new really cool bottle so if you're a sports person you like to go hiking you will love this bottle and we have some cool nlcna mugs So if you're going to be gifting people pujo gifts or diwali gifts or christmas gifts or new year's gifts you can spread the brilliance and luminance luminance luminosity jo bhi kehte hain angrezi mein of the diyas and the christmas tree but you can do that by funding the luminance of independent media so agar aapko gift khareedna hi hai you might as well order news laundry merch because then you are not only giving the diwali gifts that you want but you also funding media independent media these gifts can only be purchased by subscribers so you have to be a subscriber to be able to get the gift so do check out the cool new merch that will be launching uh, you will love it also um, pay to keep news free and uh, if you don't want the gift at least you can just gift someone a subscription because we are going to be having that function on the new website and it's 
Likely that you'll listen to this podcast on the new website. If not, then it's just a few days away. This letter is from Namit Saxena. Namit says, Hi, News Laundry. I'm a loyal subscriber and you say very nice things about us. But you have a... Uh, Annoyance, you say I'm a little bit annoyed because you guys let Chetan Bhagat pitch his book and emphasized on how he always gets unfair hate, which sort of made me go ahead and buy his latest book. I'm not a big intellectual, but I'm actually appalled by the writing and couldn't read beyond the first 50 pages. I think his books are still only for first and second year engineering students. Well, I guess I sort of learned my lesson. Basically, you say one of the reasons you listen to Haftan Charcha is because the recommendations you get of books and you're very annoyed that... So, Namit, I stand by the fact that I think Chetan gets a lot of unnecessary hate from a certain intellectual elite of Delhi. I said this to him, I don't think his writing is fantastic or he's no Atish Tasir or Salman Rushdie or V.S. Naipaul or a Graham Greene. However, I don't think his books are that much worse than many other books that I have read. And I don't want to take names because, again, you see, I myself am censoring myself because those people are friends or the wives of friends. A, a very celebrated book of a few years ago, which is also made into a TV show. I read that book. It's a really crappy book. But that person belongs to a very established, privileged elite of Delhi. So no one is going to say anything about her book. Because her grammar may be slightly better than Chetan's, but the book is not significantly better. It's at the same level. I mean, it's understanding. In fact, Chetan's latest book is more woke than that book. So I do think he gets a lot of unnecessary hate. I, I'm not saying that I will recommend this book to anyone, and I never have. But I do think he gets more hate than he deserves. Rohini, you want to weigh in? You weren't there last Hafta or the Hafta when he was there. Yeah, I actually, it's the, it's an afternoon read. I, I think that uh, it's an author who survives on vengeance writing, I think. People who, it, it, every every book is to vindicate, uh, the, I mean, and to kind of shut up people who criticize him. So those who want to read can read for many people, as they say, you know, he's the first book, they, both, first English book people have read, a novel or something. Uh, I'm not going to go into other bad books. People can read what they want. And, you know, you spend two hours reading a bad book. It's not that much of your life that's wasted. Yeah, exactly. But it, Namit, it thank also you. It makes you appreciate good books. Yeah, man. You, read a bad yeah. Book. you know, I have a question before you go to the Nigeria thing about your merchandise and everything. I've been subscribing in the last few years to a lot of independent media that I like. I, I, you know, I subscribe to them. But do we need so many newsletters? Do we, as subscribers, do we need so much merchandise and free bags? Do we need all of that? Aren't we just paying for the news? Yeah, merchandise isn't free. I mean, there is a, you have to pay for it. <laughs> but no, no, you can, the other stuff you, can, you can get. So I'll tell you how it, I'm from the business point of view. There are certain things j- just like in, a, in anything, there is a stated objective and there is an unstated objective. The most engagement one gets if you're running a subscriber-driven uh, venture is through newsletters. So while we'll do a lot of appeals, I'll do a lot of appeals on the podcast, we put out appeals on social media, but the most impactful appeals are newsletter appeals because typically, you know, many of them go over the weekend, we make our case, it's a single point. Many people only want to subscribe to newsletters, that's a separate product. Mm-hmm. You know, including the Ken, they have their newsletter as a separate product and they're not the first, there are many others who do it. So you yeah. will only subscribe to the newsletter because it gives you specifically what you want. It may be a roundup of the week. It may be, you know, just tech articles. It may be, you know, VC articles. So there are various products, how you kind of segment your subscription model. And merchandise is something, it's a branding exercise. So if I have a bag which says I pay to keep news free, it is Mm -hmm. like a vanity thing that it's virtuous, virtue signaling. I think that's a new term that I've learned. And, you know, someone else can say, okay, that's a cool bag. I'll subscribe. Can I buy it? No, you can't buy it. You have to be a New Zealand subscriber to get this bag. So any model that is creating revenue streams, which fund news without 
depending on government ads or you know corporations is in my view an innovation for the better it will evolve there'll be new things that will evolve like we do events like while our events may not be a huge revenue earner but going forward even that should that should be eliminated because like for example we got a lot of heat for facebook and google being two of our sponsors for the media rumble they said the world over they are being criticized for you know spreading fake news they are news laundries you know lead partners for media rumble and that there's a point there yeah so so that's my position on it i think any revenue innovation for the digital media that makes us more self sufficient is an innovation for the better and i think also that with subscription models and i'm talking about subscription not donations there's a sense of community also that you want to create among people who sense of community sense of membership that you want to create among people who you know put in their money to uh, get news and i think that these are little ways to do it events a t-shirt a mug you know it goes to add a bit of you know sense of membership among people i think that kind of helps no but you have a view on it a contrary view no just uh, i mean i had no issues with the Uh, merchandise and she's just and, irritated and, yeah. with too many newsletters i think <laughs> too many newsletters i'm so exhausted i feel and then the responsibility of having to read all that and plus the newspapers you buy <laughs> yeah, that's it so manisha you got I know I do agree that uh, newsletters sometimes can be and especially I think newsletters just selling stories can be a bit irritating yes. even I find that irritating because just point me to a report I'll read it I mean don't give me 500 words on how great the report is yeah and and sometimes and I don't know I'm getting newsletters from individual journalists as well and uh, now yeah. it's reached a point of satiation uh, <laughs> I can't take it anymore you know, I attended a workshop and I'll just tell you Rohini cuz I think and I have had a conversation with um, another reporter in fact from the south and i was like more reporters need to understand business than businessmen who become news entrepreneurs because that is what's fucked up news for the last businessmen said chalo news ki dukaan chalate hain i attended a workshop with you know there were senior people from the wall street journal new york times you know the kind of sophistication in technology where they have been able to identify who is a person who gets swayed by a newsletter who is a person who does not mm. It targeted is, it is so targeted and i mean i i won't bore our audience with that i think a lot of journalists who have a slight journal business bent should attend those because the science behind this we are doing it clumsily because we don't have the money to afford those kind of softwares or algorithms but as soon as i do i will incorporate those because the effectiveness of those to get people to pay for journalism is super successful Right now we are doing blanket, uh, you know. It's been are, successful with us also. You'd say yeah, sometimes. Are, no, it is. I'm saying that's why we send them. But yeah. we are still doing carpet bombing. Now we send it to all the subscribers. Mm. But when you have that kind of data segmenting technology, I will know that Manisha and Rohini do not open these newsletters, so it will stop going to them. Sounds a bit scary, like this very smart Facebooks. It does, but 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 technology is. is forever here to stay like you know alfred nobel says you know he invented dynamite for mining and it was i think also uh, there's an art of writing them also it can't be like a pompous exercise of saying how yeah, great dude, i hardly read any newsletters yeah. i get about 20 so it has to but, be worth your time yeah, so. but i know of people who only read newsletters exactly so, i know and, people who only get the but then they also have this feedback that just give me the story don't like 
you know boring me about how great you are so i think it's also difference in how you write it also now there are like rohini was saying there are these like some some of the big names in the west for example like i follow this guy matt the abi have followed his writing yeah. for a long time so he has this newsletter he's basically moved to his newsletter only so he reports that he opinion pieces go there and it's absolutely very good yeah yeah when you have to pay a small amount of money but it's very good so you can do that also i think vivek call in india is vivek also is trying doing to do that, it which yeah. is I mean, I think I'm sure his stuff is quite. No, valuable. but I, I think what uh, I think Rohini was talking about, and what I also get irritated about is, uh, especially if you are like subscribing to five, six, seven, eight organizations, mm. is like you'll get three, three mails every day about this and that and everything. <laughs> so do you just then delete. Unsubscribe. Uh. It's like writing an article, also, man. I mean, mm. at the end of the day, it is about being succinct. It's about being clever and engaging. It's the same sort of. So Manisha, what happened in Nigeria? There have been these visuals coming from both Bangkok and Nigeria, which yeah, I think that we should also. I mean, we tend to be a bit insular in India, and our world news sections are terrible. And I think television news hardly plays any importance to this. But it's good to know of protests happening across the world because we in India tend to be a bit. too sucked into our own problems and also we should realize that world over people are grappling with like similar sort of problems as we are so nigeria there have been protests going on for a while now and essentially they are protesting against these special anti robbery squads which are basically uh, they're supposed to be fighting crime but they are of course just um, you know money making extorting machineries and you've had quite dramatic visuals there where the state uh, the government imposed a curfew but young people lined up and then they were shot at the government has denied that it was not like we haven't done this but you've had visuals of people singing the anthem and being shot at in bangkok also again you have people demanding uh, democracy these are pro democracy protests and you had the same sort of response so while we get too bogged down but i think by ca and now the inquiry against ca protests it's good to know that world over young people are grappling for some very basic issues that we are also grappling with that way i'm very impressed with the bbc podcast because you know that for them it's been two successive days this has been the lead story yeah but also when hathras happened that was one of the top three stories on there and it's a half an hour podcast and they're covering the world hmm. so i mean it was quite disgraceful that yogi ji found mention on that bbc podcast <laughs> in the top three stories but yeah the world news section and again like uh, i like reading slogans in these protests so the very interesting slogans from nigeria like don't kill the future of future leaders because it's all young people yeah. yeah thailand bangkok that's huge so i read this uh, related to this how these criminal gangs i mean sort of when you have so much impunity these yeah. sort of law people who are supposed to enforce the law become law breakers become criminal gangs just some time ago the us authorities arrested this mexican former defense secretary yes, yes he who was it turned out was the kingpin of all the drug trade yeah. uh, most of it in mexico mm. and he was tasked with fighting the drug war there but they said that in mexico it's not uncommon you know for stuff like this to happen but for some such a high level he was defense, a cabinet minister defense minister he yeah. was yeah defense minister and also the i think the former pm or president of burundi has been sent to life imprisonment that also happened yesterday but i don't think anyone really gives a shit what's happening in burundi so I yeah, it's really funny, but now it's a play. Oh, and the greatest news: democracy is back in Bolivia. Oh yes, there was a coup last year. I saw that photograph also. Of yeah, the, and hmm. so it's a very macabre thing to say, but these days I find myself very soothed by when I read the international pages and I read like horrific things happening around the world. It just kind of calms me down because I just think. You better please. Okay, there's shit happening everywhere I, else. I I think you need it just to makes see, <laughs> see a professional. <laughs> too too much of Republican no, 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 times has fried yeah, your brain. Yeah, because there's just so much anger and all when you're consuming Indian news, but then you see okay, the world is also 
Like there's all sort of struggles happening around the world. Calm down. Everywhere is burning. So what's the big deal? <laughs> so before we give our recommendations and wind up with one more mail, Rohini, is there anything you want to mention or touch upon before we wind up this episode of the Hafta? Just wanted to say thanks to Manisha because it's thanks to her that I know what Republic is misreporting because I don't <laughs> want to watch it at all, and I get it all from her uh, sarcasm <laughs> and her uh, you know she's just coughing at it, and I watch that, and that's how I know what Republic is doing. Thank you for watching. Excellent. So I will just read one more email and then we'll get everybody's recommendations and wind up because like young Namit, our subscriber was mentioning, he tunes into the Hafta to get recommendations and he wasn't pleased that he was recommended at Chetan Bhakat book last time. Oh God. But... We didn't recommend it though, it'd be. Well, I guess he was... was peak. Oh, Chetan well, Chetan did, did recommend it. So which is fine. Okay, yeah. okay, now this email... This young man has given his name and he hasn't asked for anonymity like a lot of our subscribers do because some of our subscribers are with the government and they don't want to be named. He's 12. So I will just say your initials. So VA, I'm not naming you because you could get into trouble for this in your school. But this is of concern to me and I'm so reading this out. Is re- so uh, okay. uh, you've, uh, you know, clearly subscribed through your parents. Um, and this has come to my personal email ID and not to contact. He says, I've been following different videos and podcasts of news laundries about different bills, acts, laws in my free time since June this year. I have subscribed to News Laundry as you had told that when public pays, the public is served and when advertiser pay, advertiser is served. I started this after a particular incident occurred in my school which took place last year in August. In that particular month, just after the abrogation of Article 375A and conversion of Jammu and Kashmir into two union territories, namely Ladakh and Jammu and Kashmir, it's two or three? It's two, right? The content of the letter was given to us and we had to copy it on a blank page which we had to submit to our class teacher to be further sent to PMO. These were the exact words which we had to write in the letter. It was addressed to the PMO. The subject was liberation from Article 370. The body of the letter was we heartily congratulate your good self for taking a historical decision on Jammu and Kashmir, scrapping Article 370 from the constitution, which implies all people of India are equal with equal rights. We sincerely hope that this long pending decision taken will now bring peace and prosperity to the people of Jammu and Kashmir. The decision also reflects your good self's powerful and resolute will. We salute you as our leader with vision, exemplary courage and flawless planning and its execution. <laughs> what is this? Kids are being asked So this letter this. was something which was compulsory for us to write and submit. There were special prefects appointed for each row to make sure each student writes the letter. This was an assignment which was given to each student for all grades in our school and our other schools of the same institution. So I guess this is a chain of schools. I did not like this and did not write the letter. The thing which I wanted to ask you was that what do you think is the reason that we are supposed to do all of these things like not opposing anything the government does? Is it something which has been flawed for many years or is it something which has only started few decades ago? I was introduced to News Laundry in June. I myself found it on YouTube. The first show I watched was Nuisance. After this, I have been watching many shows like NL Hafta, Reporters Without Orders, etc. The episode of NL Hafta which I liked most was the one on Prashant Bhushan. I would like to work in News Laundry as software developer. I'm an aspiring coder. I would like if you could get the views of all the panel members. I would especially like to hear your Mrs. Manisha Pandey. She's a miss, by the way. Mr. Raman Kripal's and Mr. Anand Varna's views on this. So sweet, It's yeah. not Mr. Raman Kripal, it's Raman Boss. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Raman Kripal. Or oh, Raman right. Kripal's... Or Sir Raman no, Kripal. No, no, just Raman Kripal. It's, it's Raman oh, Bhai. Oh, oh. Hey, Raman Bhai. It's Salman Bhai or Raman Bhai? <laughs> there are no sirs in journalism. Also, my first boss told me. Yes. Also, my favorite panelist on the show is 
you mrs manisha pandey and mr meghnath i don't think mr meghnath has ever been called mr meghnath in his life <laughs> so much respect i would like meghnath. if you could cover this email in the next episode of hafta i was inspired to frame my thoughts on different laws after seeing your podcast and episode yeah va first of all what a lovely email i'm so happy to know that a school kid is thinking so much in, that's in, the kind of kid you should be right in fair yeah. journalistic terms this is an email that i have got from this 12 year old boy who i'm assuming is a 12 year old boy there's no way for us to check right now if this actually happened in any school but va if it did a you should always say put me anonymous because one of your teachers is a listener or a subscriber you will get into shit in school so just write to me again and tell me where you are we would like to do a report if this actually happened yeah. because it should be checked because if this actually happened in and you are saying it's a chain of schools it should be highlighted you will not be named but we need to check if this is in fact true and if it's a chain of schools it's a private school obviously clearly ah, it's it's a private school in which case b when you give something like this a tip to a news professional i don't call myself a journalist because i've hardly done any journalism in the last 15 years you should say please keep my name anonymous and yeah you're too young bro 12 i mean have a blast right now i mean i i really laud your civic engagement and and but there is a age to stress about this i would encourage you to go out play don't give up <laughs> shit and don't use bad language i mean you should be engaged and have a moral compass but news laundry coding and talking about don't laws and don't be such an uncle yeah why are you raining on his parade maybe he likes to be who he is don't say like don't be this don't be that 12 saal ka bachcha let him do he likes to be okay. don't do homework also while you're at it I actually saw news articles. Say no to textbooks. Again, stuff which uh, mentioned different schools. One was in Chandigarh, another was in Haryana, asking kids to write this. I think letter. there was oh, one I, in Bangalore also. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, I may have. So I remember it because I just quickly looked it up because uh, I remember reading it, and it says thank you and all of that. And they were also schools were also told encouraged to have discussions and debates on. Uh, uh, I don't know whether it was before or after about this. You know whether Kashmir with things like is Kashmir. do you want kashmir to go to pakistan or do you want things like that you know very already uh, polarized questions and i myself was i remember there was a uh, in jaipur there was this literary festival uh, journalism festival uh, which i was part of uh, to talk about assam and nrc and there was also a panel on 370 there was a panel on generally on kashmir as well and it had uh, i think swarajya's uh, editor and then there were some other journalists who had critically written about it as well like ravin donti and and in the audience uh, out of i think uh, 100 200 or 300 at least 100 were school kids from across jaipur who were brought specifically to have this discussion and they were also many of them who stood up to ask very nationalistic questions which they had written in little chits and they were asking these questions as well Mm, I mean, I'm, I'm still on the bench on whether that's a good thing or a bad thing for kids that young to be so politically engaged. But so we do, do write to me again. Maybe we can get you involved in the coding. As you know, we are moving on to a new website. Either this by the time this hafta is uploaded, the new website will be live, or it will be live in a few days. So we will need someone to help us in the first few days to fix many glitches and many uh, bits of feedback we've got from our subscribers. So yeah, maybe you could help with I mean, that. I don't know if he can help or not. He's just twelve, and I don't know how much he's learnt. I mean, maybe this is a future ambition thing. I don't know if he already knows coding and all, but I mean, we can definitely. Well, he talk knows to him. more than me, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and that actually works with Abhinandan, by the way. <laughs> I know uh, some former employees who would just, uh, you know, make use of your Ignorance. lack of yeah coding. So. Yeah, yeah, so so right. Then and you. Maybe I shouldn't be telling you this, but I, now I've told you. I'll find him and I'll break his legs. <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah, he's he. Why do 
why did schools ask you to do that? It's just to create uh, people unthinking bhedchal, you know, so that you don't use your brain and you're already like fed the scrap to regurgitate. I think you should embarrass your teachers, you know, when something like this happens, be polite and nice, but just you should, you should get up in the class and say, Ki, why do we have to do this? And then ask them counter questions in polite way. Mm, I mean, I think you should always use the strategy of take it to the extreme where the person has to start distancing themselves from their own view. They say, yes, we should do that. And all the Muslims must be made to write this letter saying that we acknowledge our Hindu ancestry. And then they must be made to say, Bharat Mata Ki Jain Jai Shri Ram. Madam, ye bhi include kar. Then she said, no, 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 madam, ye bhi ho raha. No, madam, ye to hona hi chahiye. Then they'll say, no, yaar, tu nikal ja, tu jag jog. So just take it to the extreme. That makes people uh, ashamed sometimes. But on that note, uh, let's get everybody. Thank you for your engagement with us. It's very yeah. sweet. Uh, and like I said, uh, Diwali is coming up, Pujo's on, New Year's coming up. We have a whole new bunch of merch. Check it out. You will not only be giving gifts, but also supporting journalism. And that radiance is required in these dark times. So Rohini, you have your recommendations ready for our wonderful listeners and subscribers? Yeah, I have uh, one which is actually, it's an article, uh, a nice enraged but uh, full of information article called The Most Powerful Currency Today, which is written in a website called Africa as a Country. And it's about passport privilege. Thailand recently, I, I think there was some, some rage on Twitter and social media about Thailand asking for six months uh, bank statements from Europeans who are applying for visa to come to Thailand. And, uh, may, and that they should have, I think, 15,000 euros in their bank account and all of that. So suddenly everyone woke up to the fact, to the life of most people in the other countries when you're applying for a visa to go to Europe or to any Western countries. So this is an article actually that traces how it is one of the most enduring colonial legacies. And it's, it's really interesting. Uh, it's about passport privilege that remains one of the most overlooked factors that defines every single immigration debate and the crisis of movement and migration. It's called the most powerful currency today. I learned a lot from it. It It's also really well written. Also, that section is called the Thailand Aniki Okath hai section in the I know. (laughs) (laughs) But, Ravan, say your recommendation. I will recommend uh, Iftikhar Gilani's book. See, in the light of, you know, what print has come out with, uh, his book on the his eight months that he you know uh, spent in uh, Tihar, Doval, who is a very big guy right now, so Doval was very That's instrumental in his arrest. Uh, so there was an equation, and he was arrested merely on grounds that uh, he has some official secrets act ka thingy, and he is the son-in-law of separatist leader Gilani, mm. and the court had acquitted him. And uh, when the DNA was going down. So just before it's closer, he moved on to uh, Turkey. So he's working over there. No case against him, nothing. He's a very, very nice, uh, humble person. And What's the book called again? My eight months or ten months. I'll give the headline okay. this thing. The link is below. Link By is the way, below. all the recommendations, links are below this podcast. Uh, if you come on to our News Laundry page... You can even check out all the recommendations that you have of all the previous haftas and charchas. And uh, there's one very freaky movie. Uh, <laughs> this director, it seems, is very pissed off with the uh, with the present uh, day politics. Hmm. So this guy, I mean, he wanted to come up with something. So he came up with something. Movie, uh, brilliant at places, but also a lot of khichdi. Bahut hua samman. 
I've heard about this. I'll check it out. Bahut hua samman. This is on uh, Hotstar. Hotstar. I've heard of this. And he has the look alike of uh, Modi. Look alike really? of uh, Amit Shah. <laughs> really? <laughs> so it was really funny movie. So I'll check it out. How come it's not been censored yet? Maharaj. Anyway, so uh, Rohini was uh, talking about this whole controversy about Rukmini Kalimachi's sort of scandal about reporting on ISIS and the Calipet podcast. Turns out. I mean, there's a lot of uh, reporting which has been kind of under the scanner, and now everybody is reporting on it. But back in 2018, uh, Rafia Zakaria had done a long piece for the Baffler about the whole thing about how it's just a symptom of the sort of this Western journalism, how Western journalism sees brown people, the like non-Western people. The piece is called "Stalking the Story," and the strap says the journalist as patriot and predator. I mean, please read this. It'll have. It has so many echoes of what's happening in Indian journalism. Also, it has been happening for a long time, especially when it relates to Kashmir, to Chhattisgarh, Northeast, and to Dalit issues and all that. All right, thank you. So, a piece in Mumbai Mirror when brands collide against hate. I think it was a very well argued piece that you should read. Uh, well, I have been quoted in it. Oh yes, you have. Hmm. Then the trial of Chicago Seven. If you haven't. watched it yet though i guess a lot of you would have but watch it and watch it twice because it has some amazing dialogues i'm going to do that this weekend a piece in nyt nigeria is murdering its citizens if you want to know more about what's happening and an explainer in indian express on the thailand protests so thank you my recommendations are the following one is i recommend you guys participate in the hafta survey that we are doing uh, 212 of you have already sent your feedback and i'm just telling you guys because we get so many conflicting emails we sent a survey to many of you and subscribers do uh, this is only going to be sent to subscribers if more of you can participate we can make the hafta better i'll just give you a few things that we learned 44.8% of you think the hafta should be more than 2 hours 33.5 thinks it should be around 90 minutes and 21.7 thinks it should be about 1 hour then the other things are that you would like an expert in the hafta rather than journalists who can speak about many issues Actually, the point of hafta is not an expert conversation, but that is some of the feedback we've got. And some other feedback we've got is that about the ones who responded, majority of you have been listening to the hafta for more than three years. So thank you. We have a very loyal audience. But do participate. We, you know, we sending out a bunch of surveys because we really want to make our stuff better. So if you can participate in that, that would be great. The second recommendation I have is a podcast in rough translation. It's called How to Be an Anti Castist. and there's a shorter version of this podcast that was also featured in uh, NPR uh, Planet Money on cast comes to silicon valley cast arrives in silicon valley it's a fascinating uh, listen on how these high paying and very uh, you know doing well in silicon valley kind of ecosystem of indian coders and people in tech are so castist and the kind of slurs that they face there and there they have to keep quiet which they wouldn't hear because there if you're fired you have to go back home you see your visa is dependent on your job so they take a lot more shit there than they would hear it's a very interesting podcast and the final thing is do check out our old reports you know when this when manisha said that if you see what these guys said earlier about z or you know that young subscriber said that what we had said about kangana 3 years ago do check out some of our old reports yeah i think you should see the old reports of all news organizations because some of the shit that these guys report are you know legacy channels and newspapers and stuff and uh, mehraj also pointed out to a couple 
there is no accountability later yeah no it's a complete frenzy for 2 3 weeks like tabliki we saw 3 weeks of reporting calling them corona bomb calling saying corona jihad saying they bought uh, you know acquitted. they bought corona to india and stuff like that and now yeah. it's they're acquitted and there's nothing it's just gone so do hold your news source accountable by seeing what they had said earlier and what actually emerged while you know those of us who have reco- reported accurately are bloody busy making appearances in courts in pune and mumbai because you know people with money have nothing better to do than you know just send you notices so uh, i will end with happy pujo happy navratri happy whatever festival you celebrate let the luminance and light of wisdom shine upon us all and also subscribe to news laundry page to keep me free thank you so much panel thank you so much rohini it's a pleasure talking to you hopefully we shall have you in delhi when covid is behind us and we have a big event i'd really like to hear you in person and uh, have you make a presentation about your journalism super thanks thank you bye bye and we leave you with this song enjoy your weekend we never talk about it but i News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.